Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. I love being in the worship. I, is, it, is it me? or I mean, can you see the glory in here? Is it just me? <laughs> it's, it's pretty thick, I'm telling you. You should give the worship team a hand. Woo, praise God. Well, let me tell you, you don't, you don't get this too often. You don't get this kind of presence, this kind of anointing. And, you know, my wife had a, a vision. Do you remember the vision that Dr. Barkley shared? You probably live-streamed. It was during the leadership conference last year. And Dawn had this, this vision. She, and my wife is not big on sharing stuff when the Lord gives her, like, visual things. And, and in part of this vision, and forgive me, I might botch it up a little bit, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm, in, I'm hyped up right now, so I'm giving you pieces of it because it's reminding me that in her, in her vision, she's seen people standing at the altars of God and the winds of God were blowing and there were people standing there and some people, their hair was blowing. They, could, they were getting it. They were feeling the presence of God. But there were some that were just standing there and there was nothing. And the winds was, there were one here and one here. One was getting it and one wasn't. And she asked the Lord, what's going on? And she said, they don't want it. They've been in it. They've been here. And they're so familiar with it that they're callous to me. And they don't want my presence. And she says, what do we do? Because there's people trying to get in. People are out there trying to get into the sanctuary and they want this. That wind is blowing through and it's touching and they see it and they're trying to get in. Young and old, we're trying to get to the door. And she said, what do I do? She said, tell those who don't want it to get out of the way. To move over. Either, either shake that off them or move over. Kind of a crazy hour that we live in, isn't it? I'm going to share a little bit about where I come. When I started my journey, a couple, I was telling brother here last, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before past, um, we had a great youth service. My wife and I are revamping the young adults and youth. We got revival taking place not only in our church, but we have, um, it's magnetic. People are being drawn. They're just coming. They're coming to, because uh, the last days, Dr. Barclay had talked about the church being the remnant church. And this is one of them. People are going to start magnetically coming in. They're going to start asking you questions. What is it on you? You, you can come out here just to clean, and you can come out because this is a sanctuary, and God's residue is here, and He gets off on you, and you're going to go out to this grocery store, and people, you, you think they're looking at you. They're not. They're looking at what is on you. What is in you? Well, the stuff your pastor's been teaching, you should be out teaching it. You should be telling them. You should be saying, man, let me tell you the message that my pastor preached Sunday morning because they don't have no connection to life. So this is what's happening in our church. And I, we had a great power, Pastor Barkley preached and we had a powerful service. And, and uh, then Sunday night, and we, it was just amazing. I went home and I was helping my wife do some stuff and I bent over and bam, my back blew out. Literally, I, I was on the ground. My daughters had to carry me in. I was in so much pain. And, you know, right away, I'm, I'm going into cursing this thing because I'm, I'm, I'm a fighter, man. I just I do not uh, put up with that junk. And so I, for two days, I'm laying, I'm in severe pain, and I'm like cursing this junk. And I got my healing, I got eight scriptures that I go over on a daily basis, let alone when I'm dealing with something like this. And I, it's, it's the doctor's prescription. Jesus said, you know, you, you're going to confess. You're a speaking spirit. You're gonna, he's given us all authority. I have authority over this vessel. And I did nothing wrong. I'm a tither. And so I'm claiming all my rights, man. And I, I don't, who likes to be? I hate pain in any level. 
if I, if I tear a little hangnail or something, man, I hate that. And you just rub it and bump it. Ah, I just hate pain. So I'm getting my scriptures out. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Still pain. Can't move. Can't move. And so I go to the uh, doctors, my family doctor, and she sends me in to get an x-ray. And they're talking. The pain's down here. I literally, I can't move. I'm in like excruciating pain. And she says, well, it looks like it's in the middle of your back. And I, I, right then, I just started laughing. I was like, devil, you're so stupid. You can't even get the x-ray right. And I wasn't blaming the people. I was blaming the devil. He's just trying to target stuff, trying to, he knew, because I, I fought back injuries a few years back, and he, he's trying to get my mind. That's what he does. And, and see, the Bible says, doesn't it? You, you know the Bible. Your, te- your pastor's an uh, amazing preacher, teacher. So he says, cast down every vain thought and imagination, anything that is contrary to the things of God. And, and so I said, you're a liar, devil. I'm healed. I'm whole. I don't care what I feel like. I'm not moved. The faith begins where the five physical senses leave off. And so I'm stepping out in faith. And I got up, and I'm standing beside the bed, and I'm, you know, I'm, ah, name of Jesus, you're a liar. And, you know, the pain was excruciating. So I got back in bed, and they gave me some muscle relaxers. I hate medication. Literally, I hate it. I, I don't even like vitamins. I mean, I take them, but I just do not like them. You know, they, they, they mess with your stomach, and I don't know, I just... Don't like pills. I got delivered. Not like your pastor, man. I got delivered. There's the most high. If I'm going to get high, it's going to be in his presence like we were tonight, man. And you can tell I'm high. <laughs> if you ain't figured that out, man, I'm high in the Holy Ghost right now. I am just enjoying the presence of God. But I'm on a mission. I'm on assignment. And I'm telling the devil, I got things to do. You ain't going to hinder me from this. So I went and got an MRI. And, and they, the MRI was vague. It was dark. I mean, it was like worthless. And I'm literally going to go back and try to get my money back because, I mean, the doctor was like, what is this? I'm like, you can read the writing. And I'm like, if they wrote all that, how did they read it if, I, if you can't see it? And so I got a friend of mine, and he's, you know, Craig Lang, he, my brother-in-law. He owns a, the Garber Chevrolet dealership. Well, he had an issue, and he went to this physical therapist. And so he's kind of like a, he's, he's not a chiropractor, but he twists you a little bit and does some different things. And, but he lets me pray over his hands. So I get over there, and, and I just tell him, I said, brother, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in pain. He said, I seen that on the camera when you were walking in. And I said, so he's holding his hands out. <laughs> he knows the deal. And I said, in the name of Jesus, use this man. And he just, all he did was went up my back like this, real slow, and pop. I said, did you hear that, or was it just me? <laughs> he said, I felt it. And went all the way up, came all the way back down. He put this little TENS unit on me, and I got up, and I've been on, on my mission ever since. That was, praise God. Yeah, Amen. It's, it's faith without works is dead. you got to work your faith. And even in your, when you're in pain and when you're dealing with stuff. So back up a little bit. I, I'm so fired up about this kind of stuff because, you know, people are so wanting the miracles of God. People are so wanting salvation. People are just coming up to me and they're saying, what is it about you, man? I said, it's a Jesus in me. You don't want me. You don't, like, you don't even like the looks of me. I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm just going to be real with you. You want what I have, and that is life. Life in Christ. And so, you know, uh, during the conference, some guy come in. I, I knew him, and I couldn't put, I said, I know. And it was Dave. I said, Dave, I know you. He's a pastor from Mount Pleasant, 20, 30 minutes away. I said, well, what? He lost, I mean, he literally lost 68 pounds. Looks great. Didn't even recognize him. And, but he's limping. I said, what's wrong? He said, man, I pulled something. And, you know, I don't know, some of you might have, know what knee, there's something in the knee. They call it, I don't know what, it, he named it something, and he knew what it was. And he said it was painful. He said, don't, he said, you can pray for me, but don't just touch it because it's painful. I mean, he's limping like that. Well, I just barely got my hand down there and, and was just starting to pray. 
Wow, he just started dancing and jumping and shouting. I didn't feel anything, but he did. He got it. He went dancing into the sanctuary. During praise and worship, he's up there dancing. He's getting down. And I was like, praise God, man. I said, Lord, how come this stuff don't work when I lay hands on my back? <laughs> how come I don't get it that easy, man? And, and I, don't know, I, I don't know if I'll know this side of heaven, but I'm, everything, I'm laying hands on everything. We walked out of the restaurant um, two days ago. Uh, me and I was over. I went from... Where'd I go to Rat? I went to Louisville. I went to Ratcliffe, back to Louisville. We did an RPN meeting. A bunch of preachers came over there. And uh, then I went over to West Texas, over to Pastor Cron's church. I don't know if you met him yet or not. He's newer to the um, RPN. And so this is what I do. You know, I tell my pastor, you know, he, he allows me to go do this, man. I was like, I'm living the dream right now, man. Just traveling around and preach, praying and prophesying and seeing miracles. But this lady was coming out of the restaurant and I heard her daughter was helping her and she said, you know, she was telling the, the server that was holding the door, she said, she just got a bad report, she's got cancer. And er, I heard it. <laughs> no, and, you know, I, I backed up and I said, ma'am, do you mind if I pray for you? And she goes, oh, no, that'd be great. And I said, do you mind if I lay hands on you? And, you know, some people are dealing with different things, and, and I, she, I don't know her, and she's like, yeah, please. Man, I put the Holy Ghost prayer on her, man, and, man, you could feel the, the, just the strength come into her body. Don't know this lady. I know her name is Luis. And I told Pastor Terry, I was like, man, that was dumb of me. I should have hooked him up, hooked her up with your church. So when she, we get the praise report, at least we, I believe she's going to go back to that restaurant. This is my faith. She's going to go back there and say, there, were, there was two guys in here and they prayed for me because the employees were watching us. And they were, they were all hawking like, what is he doing out there? <laughs> I mean, I'm blocking the doors. I'm laying hands on her and I'm just praying a Holy Ghost prayer. Heal this woman. And, you know, you, we need that boldness. Everybody needs that. Your, your pastor's got a job and a responsibility to pastor you. Amen? You're called to go ye. I mean, he goes. You know, he go ye's. <laughs> He's a go ye guy. You know him. But are you? And I'm here to encourage you tonight. I, I'm talking about living in freedom tonight. I, I'm, I'm, your pastor kind of gave my message away and just sharing his testimony. I, I don't know if you remember, but... I come from darkness. I come from, when I was a kid raised, I was, I was bad. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't sit and spend a lot of time on how bad I was, but I ended up doing 10 years in the Department of Corrections. And, you know, somebody said, well, you ever regret that? No. Uh-uh. That, was my, that was the way I was raised. That was my life. And um, if I wouldn't have went through the four and a half years that I was, when I got born again in there, and I went through half of the sentence demonized, and the other half born again, spirit filled on fire for God. And I went, it was going through the fire. You know, you got to learn to live. You know, I had, I, I lived in a pole barn at one, one of the facilities I was in and I had seven different bunkies. You know, there it was open setting and kind of like a college dorm. And they all cussed, swore, rapped, smoked. You know, they, they did all that stuff. And this one, one of my bunkies was rapping the F word. He just made up a rap out of the F word. If you don't, I'm not going to tell you what the F word was if you don't figure that out. <laughs> he was just rapping, and so I started praying in tongues. I just got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. He says, he goes, shut up. I said, you shut up. He starts rapping louder, and they all start rapping. I start praying in tongues louder. And so they got quiet, and they're like, okay, we'll quiet down if you do. I said, it's too late now. <laughs> Game's on. And they're like, man, we're going to wreck you. I said, get wrecking. You know, and I'm praying louder and louder and longer and longer. And they just got quiet. It was like the peace of God blanket that place. That guy repented to me. And he was a Muslim. 
And he started walking the yard with me. He said, man, I'm sorry. He said, I know that you're trying this and you're, you know, I'm not, I said, I'm not trying nothing. <laughs> what do you mean I'm trying? I said, I'm growing. You're the, you're, you just helped me grow a little bit more. And, and that's what it is. I went through the fire. You ever seen that old Marine commercial where they're, uh, they're, they got a, a nut, it's a sword, and they got it in there, and they're pulling it out of the, the molten steel, and they're beating the slag off it, and they put it back in? And that, that, was, that was the four and a half years. It was like I was back in. The slag was getting beat on me. I was back in. You know, and I, I you know, you, you heard some of my testimony. Most of you know that I'm Dr. Barkley's son-in-law. I've been married to his daughter for 28 years. We have four beautiful children. I got four beautiful grandbabies. And I'm blessed. You know, I was, I was engrafted in by marriage to a platform to the prophet of God. Now, I, I met this guy when I first got born again through a book. And I was like, you know, preacher of righteousness. I read that book and I was like, really? Is there a guy like this? You know, when I was growing up, I, I wasn't raised in religion, but the television icon was Jimmy Swaggart. And everybody loved Jimmy Swaggart, man. You watch Jimmy Swaggart on TV. I mean, I would drink a fifth of liquor, five in the morning, Jimmy Swaggart's on, and I'm on drugs, wasted. I remember one time at the party was closing, and somebody turned the TV on. And Jimmy Swaggart, and I'm just bawling. I'm drinking. I'm hiring a kite, and my homie was getting ready to turn it. I pulled out my pistol. I said, you, you do that, man. I'll blow your brains out, man. <laughs> you need this. Come in here. And he laughed, man. He got out of there. And I'm like, man, I was just sobbing. And, and I probably prayed the prayer when he was done. You know, I prayed that prayer like a million times. And never raised in religion, never raised in gospel, the gospel. Def, nobody ever taught me how to walk with God until I, I got in prison. And, I, you know, I was there and and uh, I gave my life to Christ. I walked all them years out, and I got out. Went through Dr. Barclay's Bible school while in. Um, my life was changed. I'm talking about living in freedom. I learned. Dr. Barclay didn't disciple me. He, uh, he used his Bible school. I used that as a tool for my foundation. Supernatural Ministry Training Institute is helped me, you know, actually. I, before I did that, I had a year of Rhema, and I did... Um, uh, John Osteen had a Bible study that he put out at the time, and uh, he sent it in there for free. And um, Brother Copeland had a lot of stuff. I, I got healed by listening to a Gloria Copeland cassette series on healing. She had a 12 series, and uh, I, I, I had a, that was one of my first back injuries. I got hit, one of my homies hit me in the back, L3 and L4, and it pinched it, a nerve in there, took my legs out, and I couldn't walk for two or three weeks, and uh, got a miracle. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And, um, you know, you, you start learning these things. You go through the fire. You get some barbs knocked off you. So coming out of prison, coming into this, and learning to um, trust God, heard the voice of God saying that you're to marry that woman. That was Dawn Barclay at the time. And, um, and pastor said, yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked for her hand four times in marriage, and he said no. And that was a Marine Corps no. <laughs> and... Uh, I, and there's a lot of story there, but it, it, I'm still here, praise God. <laughs> when you know that you know. See, confidence, I'm going to tell you some stuff tonight by the Spirit of God. The, the Word of God. So, you ingesting the Word of God. We were talking about that a minute ago. Um, sanctifying yourself. It's an hour of sanctification. Um, so, up your prayer game, if you would. Your, your personal prayer time. Up, up your word time. Not just reading, but, but meditating on the word of God. Getting in it, digesting it, getting it into your spirit. Opening it up and saying, Lord, show me. Holy Spirit, he, he, you, he didn't leave you powerless. If you have the Holy Spirit, he, he left you the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you. And he'll show you through the written word. Anybody know Dr. Roy Hicks? 
back, he was one of my father's fathers in the faith, and I was blessed to be around some of these greats. I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up, man. Here a guy is in prison. And by the way, I wake up every morning, and I look out my bedroom window, there's no Constantine wire. <laughs> Glory to God. That's a good thing, just so you don't know. And, and I tell God, I, you know, Book of Lamentations, chapter 3, 20, 21, I'm paraphrasing, it says, the mercies and compassions of God are new every day. Great is your faithfulness. And no matter what I feel like when I wake up, I, I'm not moved by feelings. Um, a lot of times I, I, I don't, you know, if you go by feelings, I wake up, I don't feel like being a Christian. I'm just going to be real. And I, I'm a leader. I don't feel like being a leader. I don't feel like being a youth leader. I don't feel like being an assistant pastor. I don't feel like talking to people. But then it, i got to separate myself from myself. i got to get into faith. i got to activate some stuff. And I cry out to God. But I, th I thank God. You know, I think gratitude is one of the major things that keeps me swinging in the right direction. And, and, and we live in an hour where you have to activate your faith to get into this. Getting into the Word and, and ingesting it and getting the revelation knowledge. Because it's, and it's not for me. I pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. If you're not Spirit-filled, you need to cry out and ask the Lord for the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. They used to tell me this was of the devil. I was like, are you kidding me? I've been to every place where the devil lives. Yeah. I, I, every, every drug house, they, they never spoke in tongues. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you. They might have had an interpretation for something, but it was not It was not God. I'm going to tell you that right now. And, and so, you know, you pray in tongues and build yourself up, the Bible says, in your most holy faith. For what? It's not for you. You're building yourself up in your most holy faith so you can go ye. Because when you go out, when you walk out, when you go out to the grocery store, when you go to the gas pump, listen, you can minister to that person on that gas the other side because they ain't going to leave. They're, they're protecting that... $5 a gallon gas. They're like, get away from my pump, bro. <laughs> but they're staying right there until you, you share the love of God with them. And I'm not talking about being spooky and weird. You know, we, we're real Christians. God's raising up people right now to live in freedom, to, to, to live in victory, to have the power of God in your life so that, so that you can be blessed. There's a blessing attached to you going out, to ministering, to opening yourself up and trying to draw somebody in. Amen? I tell our young people all the time, listen, if you, if you don't know how to do it or if you don't feel confident, because I was saying that earlier, a minute ago and I want to get back to this, doing, doing this, getting into the Word, getting into the presence of God, it builds a confidence in you. It builds a confidence and you feel confident when you go out because you have knowledge. You have the understanding. The things that you're, you get your pastor's teachings and go, I want to encourage you. Matter of fact, I'm going to put it out there as a commission and, a, and almost a, 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 a command. Shut down everything else but your pastor's preaching for 30 days. You want to see a blessing come into your life? Do you want to see a supernatural growth? And you, you, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, this is what I'm doing, man. And it's, it's uh, excuse the slang, but it's powerful. It, it, it literally is. It's really powerful in my life because, you know, you can get so familiar with the man of God. For, from the, it's, it's not him. It's the gift that's in him. He's got a pastoral gift. He's got a teaching gift. He's got a prophetic gift. It's in him. And you can be odd pastors here tonight. Praise God. Just pastor. You know what I'm saying? Shake yourself. Don't be the one standing there where the winds of God are blowing and not getting attached. We're, we're too close. You've, done, you've walked this walk too... You've been doing this too long. Don't, get in the, don't be one of the ifs. <laughs> or one of them. I want to be a they. I'm with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going forward. Amen? 
Turn your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 8. I thought you would have figured that out by now. <laughs> God's good, isn't He? You know, I, I'm stirring the fruit of the Spirit up in my life. My, my children, want, they want to see, you know, because the Bible says you're like a tree planted and you got fruit growing, and they're always, my daughters will pick my arms up periodically. Dad, I don't see any patience. <laughs> That's not growing. It's not the season for it yet, honey. <laughs> you get up there and clean your room. <laughs> Glory to God. I got two at home right now. I have an 18-year-old, and um, she's figuring out life, and we're believing God, a good man's going to come along and pick her. That's got to be the right man. Amen. And she said, well, Dad, there, you know, a lot of guys are trying to pick her because of who she is and where she, her platform. And I said, well, you just, you trust me. If you trust God, you got to trust me. I'm, he's your heavenly father. I'm your natural father. And my job is to get you down the altars as a virgin, as a holy woman of God. And when, when that man comes and talks to me, there's been several come and ask, you know, if they could court my daughter. And I say, no, you're just not the right one. I, I'm respectful about it. And I'm not trying to be mean. When my son-in-law came to me, my, my, old, my oldest daughter's husband, they've been married, I think, 11 years now, and he came, and he was nervous as all get up, man. He was scared because he knows my past. And I, I just I got with him, and I said, listen, Derek, I don't want you to be afraid. If you're afraid of me, we can't have a relationship. And if we can't have a relationship, you can't court my daughter. And um, it, it literally brought peace on the scene, and we started developing a relationship. And he listened to me. He courted my daughter for two years out of my living room. Basically, they, they sat, they couldn't hold hands, they couldn't go anywhere. And if they went somewhere, it was with a team of people, like the youth group or the young adults group, and I was very strict. And for a reason, I'm her father, and you do it my way or you don't do it. Amen? And he didn't have no dowry anyway. <laughs> it wasn't like he was bringing a couple cows or something. I guess it'd be cars nowadays, you know, bring a couple trucks or... <laughs> But, you know, it, it's this, I'm just walking with God. And, and you know, my daughters, they, they have to understand. I tell them at right around 10 or 12, right around that age, you're at the age of accountability. you got to give account to God. you got to work out your own salvation. We've, we've spoke over you from when you were cr created in your mother's womb. And we spoke life and we speak the word of God. And we, uh, we teach you. You've been through children's church. We teach you at home. You've been through your youth group. And you're graduating. And we teach you and we train you. To, to live this life. And then they see it. They see it in action in our lives. And they see us go through stuff. And so we tell them, you're responsible. You're accountable. Even though you live under my authority, it's your accountability. you got to work out your own salvation. you got to know that you know. And there's been many a times, and they'll come downstairs in the middle of the night, knock on the door, crying. We just don't feel like we're, uh, we're right with God. Well, what do you do? I don't know, we need prayer. No, you repent. <laughs> get on your face. Get up there next to your bed and whatever it is you think is, I don't want to know all that. You figure it out. And make sure you're right with God. Confess your sin. And you go talk to God first and then come back and talk to me. And they do. And they make it right. And it's, it's called walking with God. Amen? Did you found John chapter 8 yet? Whew. Took you a long night. Look at verse 32 and it says, You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Mm. I don't know about you, but I like living in freedom. When I got born again, I got delivered from pornography. I got delivered from hatred. I, I used to have fits of rage. I mean, literally, I would black out and just, you know, that was without drugs. You know, I was just messed up. I was a messed up little dude. And I got delivered from so much. And, you know, I didn't give it up. 
I got delivered. I got set free. I got delivered from nicotine, smoking cigarettes. I got delivered from weed. I got delivered from cocaine. I was doing acid when I was like nine and 10 years old. I mean, I look at my, my little daughter and I'm like, wow. I tell my wife, it's mind boggling to think that I was. And, and so you can get so religiously minded. I tell our, we tell our parents, my wife just had a, parent, a parental meeting with our parents and telling them some reality checks because we get the youth for one hour a week and they want us to transform them in one hour. And then we, we have fights. They don't want to bring them out to a social event or they don't want to bring them out. They don't want to bring them a little bit early for a prayer or they don't want to invest in them. And I'm like, are you seriously kidding me? And I'm, I'm fortunate that my, my wife did it by herself because I had some things that I wanted to say to them. <laughs> Because the world's, they're discipling our children. And they don't, you know, the parents are so busy. You get, like I said, you can get so format, you can get so formal or so familiar with just coming to church and just dropping your kids off in the nursery instead of praying over them and and trusting that somebody is back there praying over them. And and then same with youth, dropping them off. Well, they're going to get fired up and we're, we're expecting and we expect you guys to do something. They should come home with some fire on them. Well, they do, and you blanket it by, you know, whatever goes on at home. And so the allowance of things, if you don't back us and you don't stand with us, then, you know, we send stuff home with them, confessions and things. But, and we got uh, scriptures that go out. And if you're not following and you're not tracking with us, with your child, then how, how are we get one hour and praying to God that something will stick. Amen? Amen. And the stuff that's going on, the, 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 uh, Children's church, they're, it's hitting hard in, in preschool and not preschool, but um, what's grade below junior high? Elementary, there you go, couldn't get it out. Elementary school, these kids are messed up. And I said, I was, you know, seven, eight years old, seven years old, I was down the road smoking a cigarette with some older guy that stole one from his dad. It was a cigar, stole some big old cigars. We're up in the tree coughing our heads off, man, smoke flying everywhere. And we hear the fire department. Um, my buddy, he, we lived. In, I'm from Michigan, and his, his, the, him and his mom moved from uh, West Kentucky up here to Michigan. And uh, Mamaw and Papa called the police. <laughs> they called the fire department, and we looked down. And there's a fireman down there looking at us, man. Smoke rolling. I'm coughing and hacking, man. But you think that stopped us? You know, them, that was the stupidest thing. You go back, then you have a desire for more. And then we were taking puffs off mom's cigarette. And, and ne- next thing you know, you know, you're taking, all my life I can remember far back as I can remember. Any, any family event, we, they had Kessler's or whiskey, or, and we're always going around sipping and drinking, and they thought it was funny. My mom told me that my dad, when I was a baby, before he left, that, that he used to put whiskey in our bottle, drink it to put, put us to sleep. And so, you know, coming out of the world and being free, living in this freedom, I have a hard time. And, and, you know, even church kids, man, they get deceived and they, they want to try a little bit. They want to test a little bit. They want to, you know, say, hey, you know, is it really that bad? My son went to the world. He turned 18, decided, he said, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I said, you don't want to do what? You don't want to go to heaven? <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't, you know, and what happened is he got bit by the world. We had put him into, into high school and we didn't train him well enough. Uh, to go in and be in the world, but not of the world, because that's the way we are. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're, the Bible says we're aliens. 
We're pretty good looking aliens, aren't we? <laughs> but he, he, he got stung and he got, he got sucked into it and turned into you know, drugs and alcohol. And, and um, he's coming back out of that. Praise God. That's a lot of years of praying, man. Been about five. And, and um, I get Texas on him now. He's got a good job traveling, making good money. And he's married and got, got two kids. And, um, you know, he's turning slowly. I'm starting to see the manifestation of my prayers coming into his life. But, see, he made the choice. And I told him all them years, I'm not going to hell for you, boy. I love you, man. I, I brought you into this world, and uh, I'd like to take you out right now. <laughs> I'd rather take you out now and, and see you make a heaven and, and let you get sucked into you know, this, this uh, world system to the fact that the devil's going to get such a grip on you that you're going to have, um, you know, possibly reject Christ, blasphemy the Holy Spirit, and never turn back. You don't know what's going to happen. Amen? Mm -hmm. Knowing the truth, the truth is what sets you free. Verse 33 says, And, and Jesus answered them, We be Abraham's, or, or and they answered him and said, We be Abraham's seed, and we never were in bondage unto any man. And how sayest thou? you shall be made free. 34 says, And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. And if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Come on, man. Anybody free in the house tonight? <laughs> you know, and, and reading this, I, I'm, on, I'm on this thing because... My pastor, him and I have been talking about this for probably over a year, and he just asked me not too long ago to write an article in his magazine, and I'm honored. You know, I, was, I was telling you, you know a little bit about my testimony to thinking, I didn't just get here overnight. I had to prove myself. There's that, that in the fire. I thought when I got out of prison, man, I was done with the fire. <laughs> you know, I thought the, the slag beaten, and, and I just found, I just come to the realization, I just turned 56 a couple weeks ago, and I just learned, and the realization is, in that commercial, when they pull that sword out, when it's finally shiny and clean and pretty, and, and the soldier puts it beside his side, and he flicks it up to the top, and he you know, does his little presentation, well, that, realistically, that's when we get to heaven. You're, you're, that, that, that pristine, you're not going to see that. It's going to be the, the going into the fire, getting beat, going into the fire, getting beat. Amen? And therefore, I keep people around me to live in freedom. I'm talking about these are keys in my life. I keep people around me that are bold enough to speak into my life. I help a lot of, lot of uh, young men deal with pornography. I, I help them get out and stay out. I have a system that I work with them. And, and, um, and, and it's not just, I, I help men because I'm a man. And, but there's a lot of women that come to me. They're bound. They're, they're just dealing, you know, because it's, it's all on these devices. Everywhere you flip nowadays, there's, it's, they don't, nowadays they don't even call it porn, but it's soft porn. And that's what lures them in. And they, and they think it's okay. Dumbing down, numbing. And it's seeped into the church. And, and so, you know, living this life of freedom, staying free, takes the anointing. It takes being in His presence. It takes practicing. You know, Dr. I, I want to say this. Uh, Dr. Hagen called, uh, him and John Osteen called Dr. Barclay to the hotel room. You probably heard this story many a times. They he was, thought he was in trouble. And um, this is before they went to heaven. And they said, Mark, we need to see you up in our room. And he's like, oh my word, they want, they want me in the hotel room. This is not good. <laughs> generally, when you get called up, to, when they're both together, especially, and he said, they had this intense meeting with him. And he shared this in a webinar in 2013 that he did. He said, they, they told him that, they said, Mark, you're going to have to reteach faith as we know it. 
And he's like, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, the way we, we preach faith from the Bible, it's being watered down, it's being misconstrued, and down the road, you're going to have to re reteach faith. And so these practical principles, we're seeing them come alive right now. We're seeing people getting born again, and the things that you've been preaching for years and, and, and depositing into the body, new converts are coming in and they're getting it. And they're fast-tracking like overnight. It's like mind-boggling. It's great to see, but your mind's like, you can't even make this stuff up. But they're doing it, and they're, they're, they're hungry. I met with a guy at Pastor Terry's uh, just this morning. He just got out of prison uh, six months ago. And Pastor Terry, he he's non-tolerant. He's like, listen, if you don't want what God has for you, then don't bother me. You know, if you want help, I'll help you. But if you don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be bothered with you. So he, this guy showed up for prayer Saturday morning. Came with his mom, been in prayer. Pastor Terry prayed for him, got baptized in the Holy Ghost. On fire for God. He's not fixed yet. He, he still smokes. He still, you know, does different things, man. And, and I told him, don't worry about all that stuff. That stuff will wash away. The closer you get to Jesus, the more time you spend in his presence, the less time you have a desire. Amen. You know, I, being born again in spirit filled, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, man, I'm telling you, it was all about look out. The guards were, they were freaking out, man, because I was preach, praying and prophesying to everybody. I didn't care. They got threatened to kill, get killed. I, what, what are you going to do? Take me out early? <laughs> Send me to heaven early? That was my mentality as a born-again, spirit-filled, new Christian in prison, a new convert. Come on, man. I was zealous. And got water baptized. I come up out of that water screaming. I think I scared every Christian in there, man. Because I got delivered. I felt free. I felt, you ever felt free? I, I think sometimes people in the body of Christ, they don't realize that they're even bound. You know why? Because that sin of familiarity, that's the number one thing that wants to separate you from the gift and the man of God, wants to separate you from the house of God. They're saying, you, you can't get this feeling anywhere else. Like Pastor said, you can't get this high from anywhere else. You can't go buy this. It's free. We're hope dealers, man. <laughs> you come on in. And if you if if there's some if you come in with a heart of saying I want I want more of you God that's all you got to do God I'm going I don't feel like it how many times I well you could throw a rock and hit my house from the church and there's so many times just in that little bitty drive I don't I don't feel like it Lord I just you know you're in the you've been you're tired you've been dealing with people you've been dealing with things everything seemed to go wrong everything's breaking I just don't feel like it. And you get in there and you get into worship, man. Whew. And somebody been prayed up. <laughs> They've been in the presence of God. They've been practicing. They don't just come up here and start stringing. They've been practicing the presence of God. And, and all you got to do is just drag yourself to the altar. Sometimes I don't get it when I'm in my chair, so I got to just, just drag myself up there, stand next to my wife, and this is it is a hoo hoo. It just soaks you. <laughs> it's, this is a spiritual shower. Yeah. And, and only people that don't want this are people that come and they get religion. They come into a faith fire fill, and somewhere along the line they quit doing this and they quit living in freedom. They quit, they quit finding ways. They quit having that intimate relationship or they don't go deeper. See, in God, you can't just get to a certain level and just stay there. Anybody who thinks that they can just, oh, you might get delivered from some stuff, but what about that inner stuff? What about that unforgiveness? What about that root of bitterness towards your, your mom, your dad, or something that happened to you that you didn't even really recognize? <laughs> Come on, I'm preaching to somebody, man. Somebody's getting this tonight, praise God. So, I'm going to read, uh, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you're free indeed. And, you know, 
you got to know that you, that you know that Jesus is the only one that can get you free. I'm just I'm kind of resounding stuff that your pastor's already preached to you. You know these things. I'm just resounding. You, Jesus is the only one. So your your intimate relationship with Christ at home. This is this is the shower, the sanctuary. This is this is the place that from from the home or the the place of your prayer time and and what you do engaged out here. This is growth. When you get the the spiritual shower and get things washed off you, and you can start seeing clearer. Man, you, you get that revelation knowledge from the message that your pastors brought, man. And then you take and ingest that and you just start... To, the Bible says if you meditate day and night, then you shall be successful. Then you shall be successful. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I want to be successful. What does success look like to you? Because money's not even in the equation of success for me. Successful is me just having my, my wife in love with me. Success for me is, you know... Having my children obey me, listen to me. My daughter, when eight years ago, she's 18. I, I tell her she's only eight years old. I, I, a lot of you heard the testimony, but I raised her from the dead. She died, she drowned in my father-in-law's pool and when we were celebrating my son's graduation. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I just thank God that I didn't get religion. That I got, that I got when I got not only that I meet Jesus and I got set free, but I live it. And when I met my pastor, he didn't have to live it for me. He don't got to call me. He didn't call me, you know, this morning and say, James, are you going to be a good man of God? Are you going to... Now, he might call Pastor Mark and say, How, how'd my son do? If he didn't do good, I'm kicking his butt when he gets home. But, but you know, reality is my wife don't got to call me. I have a relationship with Christ. And I'm going to heaven. I'm not doing all this. This ain't no game to me. I'm not doing all this and not make the mark. I, 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 can see, I can see the finish line. I'm just telling you. Dr. Sutton was a good friend of mine, and he was a good father, grandfather in the faith to me. And I love that guy. I love being around him and, and, and just listening to him. But I tell you, I, was, I got to spend the day with him before he went home to be with the Lord. Me and Dr. Barkley went down there, and he took me with him, and I got to sit in his house, and I got to listen to his, you know, and I got to remind him about some of the things that he taught at our church that deposited in me. And he just hear him weep and cry and say, thank you, James, that was inspiring to me. That was a wow moment for me. Um, you know, I, I, you can't even make this stuff up, man. A guy, you, you know, out here I was in prison, and, and I gave my life to Christ, I met a man through a book named Mark Barclay, and, and I, 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 become, I gave my heart to Christ, therefore I walk with him for, you know, I get, so Friday in May of 1988, they told me I was going home. My case was dismissed in the Supreme Court. And I had been meditating for two years on how I was going to kill people for a living when I got out of there. I ran, I, I am not going to get into the depth of my story, but I was in a dark, dark place. Now, this is after I had given my life to Christ nine million times. I'm, I prayed that prayer. Thank God people come to you and pray that prayer. I prayed that prayer. I, I got healed. I told you I, I, I got healed. And I fell off in the dark because I had nobody to teach me to walk with God. They were preaching at me. And they taught me some things. They gave me some scripture. They gave me some teachings, but... It just, it didn't resonate. Nobody, I was raised fatherless, so I didn't know how to connect to the Heavenly Father. So that day, but all that, that two years that I was darker than dark, I mean, literally, I was a, I was a, just dark. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and it, for them two years, see, God loves you so much, even in your darkest time, He sends somebody. 
Say somebody. somebody. There's always somebody in your life. Even at your darkest point, you can know that there's a somebody. Uh, Jack and Rex, they're two lifers. I grew up with Rex and went, you know, I knew him from the streets and he's in for first degree murder, never going home. And uh, he's a little white guy. Jack is a black guy and he's a first degree lifer, never going home. Been in for 40 years now. And uh, these guys were telling me, always coming to me, telling me the love of God. God loves you. I used to tell Rex, I was in such a bad place. Rex said, G James, Jesus loves you. I said, Rex, you tell me that one more time. I'm knocking your teeth right out of your head. He had these little, big old smiley teeth. They were like bright as these lights. Jeez. And he, Jesus loves you. I said, man, I'm going to pop you one, dude. And I was foul. You know, I, I was always trying to repel them by being nasty as I could. They didn't care. They kept the love of God, the love of God. They would throw scriptures. And I'm telling you, I believe in the Word of God. The Word of God says the Bible, the Bible says the Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. They knew. They were led by the Holy Spirit. They knew when to cut that junk off me and, and hack at it. And, and they did it from a distance. One time across the yard on the other side of the front, hey, Randall, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and he'd throw out a scripture. You know, and I would be like, man, I'm going to choke that guy. But it resonated in me. So that day when they told me I was going home, I had a choice. The Bible says that life and death, you ever been between those life and death moments? It says life and death is laid before you. Therefore, choose life. I mean, the, the answer is the question for you. Therefore, choose life. Well, that day when they, the, the guard threw the paper in front of me and said, you're going home Monday morning. Today's Friday. You're leaving Monday. You're out of here. And so, you know, I've been planning for two years. I plan on killing my whole family. Literally, I was meditating on this. How am I going to do this? They said I could make money at killing people. I'm going to do it. I'll dust my whole family for free. I don't like them anyway. And so I was like, man, I'll, I'll be getting bumped up. I'll be like somebody when I get here, like part mafia or something. That's the way I was thinking. And dumb, young and dumb. And so I had to make a choice. But inside of me, I didn't want that. I, that wasn't me. It was them words that Jack and Rex, and I kept thinking about their life and how, how see, your lifestyle preaches louder than anything. Who you are when you're out there in that world is, is preaching. How you handle situations. Are you angry? Are you, how do you respond? It makes a difference because you're full of the Holy Ghost. You're anointed by God. You're, you're called the go ye. You're a representative of the King of glory. Come on. Jack and Rex, they left an impression on me. I went back to my cell and I got down beside my bunk and I started weeping for the very first time. I, I didn't cry for years, man, but I said, God, and, and, I, and I'm not going to tell you the language that I use, but that's just the way I talked. Every other word was the F-bomb, and I just, I just talked to God from my heart, and I said, God, if you can do whatever you did to Jack and Rex and you, whatever you put in them, if you could do that to me, I will live for you no matter what. And I felt the presence. It was a, I learned later it was like the hot oil of God just coming down. I felt clean for the very first time. I'm weeping and crying. I'm, I'm laying on my bed and I'm just sobbing. I'm just kneeling down. And, and I, was, I felt joy. The joy of the Lord was rising up in me. And, and the old man that I ran with, he was in for 28 years, never going home. He died in 96 in there, by the way. But he, um, he was my, he, me and him, we, we sold drugs together. He was, the, he was like a dad to me because he knew the system and how to beat it. And we, we worked it together. Well, he came over to my cell. He thought the light was on. Came over to my cell, and he said, so I came out a little bit afterwards. He said, hey, he said, you gave your life to Jesus, didn't you? I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, I knew. I, come, I thought your light was on. I came over, and I seen you in there crying. And he said, um, that very same thing happened to my mom when I was a little boy. He said, I was in my bedroom, and I thought her light was on. I went down there, and, and he said, her light wasn't on, but she was leaning beside her bed. She was weeping and crying. And he said, you got the real deal. 
And he said, but you can't go out there and tell all these guys you've been dealing drugs with because you're going home Monday and they know you give your life to Christ, they're going to want to kill you. <laughs> he said, because they're going to think you're a snitch now. And so I went to Bible study that night. I gave all my, all, all everything. I had pornography. I gave it all. I threw, actually took that to the trash and threw it away. I had, uh, I had money. I had, you know, I gave him all my credit. I gave clothes away. I was going home. I'm going home. And now I'm born again. I'm, I'm fired up, man. And, um, and so I go out and tell the brothers, Jack and Rex, and they take me to Bible study and spent the day with them Saturday, went to full gospel businessmen Saturday night. And I, I didn't plan on sharing all this, so was, this is for somebody. I'm being led by the Holy Ghost tonight. And I, I'm, I'm just being real with you. I, I'm, I'm talking about living in freedom. I, I'm, you're looking at one free man. I'm not bound by anything. I, I'm, I mean, my wife will tell you I got some dumb quirks, but you know she's, she's trying to fix them. <laughs> Praise God. She's doing a good job, praise God. So I, you know, I get over there, and I, Sunday morning I came in. I had liberty. I had freedom to run anywhere in the facility I wanted because of my position. Of just the, it was almost like I, God pre-gave me favor even in my dark times. But I was over there setting up the chairs. I set up all the musical instruments for these guys. And, and the, uh, Jerry Cox, one of the preachers that I now am real good friends with, but he's part of the RPN, and he, he came in with one of his guys, and they said, uh, what are you doing? Who are you? I said, well, I'm an inmate, and I'm getting ready to go home tomorrow, and I'm setting up because we're having church, right? <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah. He said, but you just gave your life to Christ? I said, yeah, Friday. He said, well, you're leaving. And I said, yeah. He said, well, they usually don't do that until they, when they're coming in. <laughs> you, you know, most inmates, they give their life to Christ when they come in, and six months later, they float off. Well, here I am leaving, and they said, and, and one of the guys named Dennis, he said, do you know a man named Mark Barclay? I said, never heard of him. And he said, well, you remind me of him. And I got a book over here I want to give you. And he gave me that book, Preacher of Righteousness. And that's when I said, man, who is this guy? So I stayed up all night. I'm going home Sunday. And, of course, the excitement of going home, I stayed up. You know, I was, before lockdown that night and count, I was talking to all my homies, telling them goodbye and all the Christian brothers and but I read that book. I read that book two or three times. I just devoured it. I was like, and I cried out to God. I said, God, if there really is a man like this, I, I need this guy in my life. And, and it's just a bizarre deal. So Monday morning comes, my homies, they walk me to the front. I'm getting ready to go, say my goodbyes. I walk out, and the guard held a piece of paper in his hand, one of the guards that hated me the most. And he said, Randolph, you ain't going nowhere. He said, they, the, the, the um, prosecution filed a stay. And until you can fight this in an appeal, you're, you got to go back to your cell. And so anger, them fits of rage started to rise up. The flesh was going to, I wanted to curse this guy and go, but you know what I heard? See, the Holy Ghost, the, he records everything that you say. Every, everything that you say from your heart is being recorded. And I, re, I remember what I said. I said, Lord, if you put in me what you did, Rex and Jack, I'll serve you no matter what. <laughs> that's a big, that's a tall glass of order right there. And no matter what, and when I heard that in my ears, and I just started smiling, and I felt the presence of God come on me again. And he said, what are you smiling about? And I said, you'll see. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't know what was in store for me. I turned around and went back out. And all my homies, what happened, what happened? And I told them, and they were mad. They're, oh, man, they're blanking. I said, no, man. And the, I hooked up with the Christian brothers, and I began my walk. And sure, I fought it. I fought it in the courts, and and nothing, you know, never really gelled. I did, you know, another four and a half years, and end up getting paroled. Uh, did, but I, I got transferred to a facility. And there's a lot of testimony in between there. But I got transferred to a facility where Pastor Barclay's Bible School was in there, and so I went to my first graduation. He came in to do it, 
And we fasted for seven days before he came in, just out of the excitement that he was coming. We fasted the first three days, uh, just, um, you know, bread, water, juice, stuff like that, and then just water for the rest. And boy, I never did anything like that, man. I'd never do it again. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I've ever did. I was so hungry. Everybody broke for chow, and it's, an, it's a pole barn setting, and so it's open air at the top with 10-foot walls. And I'm sitting on my bunk, and I'm praying, and some guy way in the back opened a bag of peanuts. I was like, who's got peanut butter? <laughs> I could smell it, man. I mean, your senses are so heightened. But man, I wanted to bite my arm, man. I was so hungry. But it was this exciting. He came in. I was a door greeter. And he, I shook his hand. And he, all I could do was just pray in tongues. Chacando roboso. And he prayed back. Chacando roboso. And it was just a cool, it's a wow moment for me, as you could see. You know, that was the beginning of, you know, he never knew that I was, if he probably wouldn't, if God would have told him then that I was going to be a son-in-law, he would have probably told him, don't let that guy out. <laughs> do not let that guy out. 20, you know, that was 30 years ago. Married to his daughter for 28 years. Um, I'm not perfect. I'm not claiming to be. But the Bible says a righteous man will fall seven times and get back up. I might stumble and fall, but I'm not falling. I, I'm running from sin. I'm not running to. You know, you can, you can reflect on your, reflecting on the past, not dwelling on it. And I, I want to encourage you in this. I, you know, I look back, I go back into the prisons. I helped I help the guy this morning just got a prison. I go back, I encourage people, I challenge them. But I don't, I don't get stuck on. I'm, not, I'm just reflecting on. Amen? I don't dwell on that stuff. You know, there's so many people that come into my life that come out of prison that knew me. There's people that come, old girlfriends tried to come in the first years of my marriage and tried to mess my marriage up, mess my life up. See, the devil don't like what you do when you walk in righteousness. When you know who you are in Christ and you walk in the righteousness of God, he don't like you doing great exploits for the king. He don't like you working for the king of glory. He don't like you seeing... I, I travel all over the world. I've been to Israel. I've been to Peru. I've been to... You, know, I, you name it. I've been there. Guatemala, Honduras, France. Preach, praying, and prophesying. You know, I, everywhere I go, I go back and tell these guys that discipled me. That I, Jack Maxwell, he's the guy that discipled me. He calls me collect. He's, I'm the only family he has. He, all of his family's dead. He's been in for 40 years. Never has a misconduct. He's a holy man of God. He walks with God. He's got a miracle service going on right now. People are getting set free and delivered uh, from the COVID. They, he, they put him in the worst facility, in the worst unit, because people are dying. He said they're taking people out in bags daily, inmates, because they keep putting all of them together in this infested area, and they're not giving them any medicine. So they put him in there, and he's like, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> you trying to kill me? And he gets in there, and he just starts praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, walking around his cube, and they, they say, hey, Brother Jack, this guy's dying down here. Can you pray for him? He said, get permission from the officer. And the officer said, go. Went down there, laid hands on him, anointed him with oil. Next morning, the guy's up walking. No coughing, no symptoms. And listen, they had a line, all lined down to the front of his cube where there's a little opening, and the guard gave him all permission. So he, he said, I guess that's where my ministry starts because I'm, I'm laying a hand. And they're just sending more people. The, the, the unit's getting healthier and healthier. They don't get any medication, and people are getting born again, and, and their lives are getting transformed. Obeying God. I told him everywhere I go, one day you're going to have crowns and jewels if you make it to the end serving God, to throw at the feet of Jesus because what you did in my life. you know. And I tell him I'll be everywhere I go. There's a James Randolph out here online somewhere 
There, there's a James Randolph somewhere. Amen? And I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm pressing in, man. I'm going deeper. Especially, we're so close. Man, I'm making sure I got my armor on. I want my helmet of salvation on. I want my breastplate on right. Come on. I, I, I want to make sure every part of my armor is rock solid. I'm living in freedom. I, I'm, I'm not letting anything, all that root of bitterness, I'm making sure I check every part of my heart, making sure I don't have any unforgiveness towards anybody. Unforgiveness is one of the deepest, I found in, throughout the body of Christ that people harbor things in their heart. you got to, sanctification. It's time to sanctify ourselves. It's time to renew our minds. It's time to get into it, amen? Uh, reflecting on the past, not dwelling. Isaiah 43, 18, you can write this down or go back and get it later. It says, remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Don't be meditating on them. Amen? amen. Philippians 4, 13, uh, 13 Four, or 3, 13, and 14 says, I count, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's my lifestyle right there. <laughs> I just summed it up in a nutshell. That's me. That's what I'm doing. I hope you're doing the same thing. Amen? Uh, Galatians 5, 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Your past doesn't define who you are. It is who you used to be. And I, your past can be from right where you're sitting. Two seconds ago was my past. <laughs> Did you see my past? It's gone. <laughs> Amen? And you've got to have that mindset. So whatever you're dealing with, it's, you can't make this stuff up, man. Your pastor sets you up. You've got, you got a beautiful environment that you can come into. You can come to the altars. You can cry out to God. You've got great teaching. Come on, we've got to shake ourselves. And it's not for us. There's people out there that are dying and going to hell every two seconds. People are leaving this planet. And they're doing it on our watch. We've got, we got to grab them. We've got to throw a net out there, a net of mercy, a net of compassion, a net of hope. Amen? I call it the rope of hope. I'm lassoing some people. Get over here, man. You need what I got. I go into the gang-infested areas. My wife hates this. Over in, there's an adjacent town at Saginaw, Michigan. And, you know, I'm just going to say, they, they don't like white people over there. But I ain't white. <laughs> I walk up in there, and I, I, I bust this door open, and they all start grabbing their guns. What are you, what are you doing, man? And, and the, the main leader's like, leave him, leave Rab alone. <laughs> I say, you know it, bro. Give me five. I slap him, and he brings his son out. He's got a little seven-year-old son, and I take him to Bible study. And he's in a crack-infested house. These guys are dealing dope, and they're not ready yet. I'm not in there for them. I'm in there for them. They don't know it. I'm stealthy because I got the anointing on me. But I walk in there, and it doesn't matter. I, I do this everywhere, man. I, you know, you know uh, Senator Rick Santorum. You know, when I come into his presence, I'm just as real. You know, I told Pastor, you better, you better pre-warn him before you have us meeting. And, uh, you know, because he, he's the senator and they're political and these guys are all dignified. And I come in, they're all radical. <laughs> he's a, he's a um, Catholic and he's now a born-again, spirit-filled Catholic. <laughs> My pastor got him saved when he took him to Israel and got him over there where they were shooting bombs and dropping bombs and they're in the foxhole. And doctors are like, are you ready? <laughs> you ready to give your heart to Christ? Because <laughs> this ain't about religion. This is, you better know that you're going to the right place. And he prayed the prayer right there. <laughs> it was time. But I told him my testimony, and, and he's like, I'm not moved by that. But these other politicians, I'm, I go to, my wife is in politics, and I travel with her, and I go to places, and she's like, honey, this ain't the RPN meeting. 
This is, these are politicians. I said, they need Jesus more than anybody. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you that right now. And I don't care what, I don't care what part, what side they're on. I'm going to preach, pray, and prophesy. And I'm going to give them the word of God. And I'm going to tell them how to get free, how to stay free, and how to live free. And be full of the Holy Ghost. And then for, so them to teach them how to go out. One of, one of the biggest things, I'm going to close here in a minute. I'm, I told you I'm higher in a kite right now. I'm just floating on the things of God. I, I feel guilty. I do. I prayed with many, many people around the world. And, and just praying with somebody, bringing them to the understanding of salvation is not enough. We've got to make converts. You know, and I told you, I prayed that prayer a million times, but I had nobody to convert me. See, I, had, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. I'm a scientist, man. You, can, you know, I believe in this. And I never went to science class, and I'm not a scientist, but this is my theory. <laughs> the Big Bang Theory is where there's a sperm and an egg. Bang, they came together and you were. <laughs> You'll get that later. But it, the Bible says God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So how did I, raised in the streets and drugs and alcohol and pornography and immoralities at the highest level, how did I, something in me knew that there was a God? Something told me that it's in your DNA when you're born. When you're conceived, it's in your DNA. You can't get away from me. You can't, I don't care if you're raised, related in, you're raised in religion. Rela- it don't matter how you're raised. When you're born into this world, you've you got the DNA of God. He breathed, he breathed, he, and He longs to have a relationship with you. Longs to have a relationship. That's why you're created. Got two amens. Praise God. <laughs> hey, this, this life we live, we're so blessed. And, you know, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. One day the trumpet's going to blow. I'm practicing, man. I'm going to be on the first wave out of here. I tell people all the time, especially Christians, man, I, you better pray you don't get left behind. Things you're doing, the way I heard you talking, whew, you better get back in your prayer closet, bro. <laughs> you better get some things fixed. I started on this quest of spirit, soul, and body. I, I want to live right. You know, not, not according to man's views, but according to this, the Bible says to look in the perfect law of liberty. You know, I, I want to look in here and I want to make sure. It's ain't a rocket scientist. If God can change me and use me, and he can do this to anybody. I'm convinced. It's time that we, we make some adjustments and some changes. Your past don't define you. My past, where I come from, what I went through, that doesn't define me. It's who I am right now. Dr. Roy Hicks used to say, who you are when nobody's around is who you really are. What do you meditate on? What do you think about? God knows the very thoughts and intents of your heart. He knows what you think about before you even think them. He knows what your heart's desires to meditate on. So what are you meditating on? He said, if you meditate on my word day and night, you shall be successful. Are we blaming God that we're not successful? I tried it once and it didn't work. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I hear a lot of faith people say that. Well, you know, just, just like I said earlier, how come I can go lay hands on a guy and he don't get it? And I lay hands on my, or he gets it, and I lay hands on my back and I don't get it. I got to walk it out. I got I to gotta step by step. I got to grab it. I don't know. I'll find out when I get to the other side of heaven, but it's not going to stop me from working my faith, yeah. speaking the word of God. It's not going to stop me from fighting even more. If I'd have had to crawl down here, I'd be here. <laughs> God wasn't, the devil wasn't stopping me. My body wasn't stopping me. I told Pastor Terry, I'd have come crawling in, man. I've been a little slow, but I'd have got here. <laughs> and I'll preach, pray, and prophesy from laying on the ground. Amen. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things. Say old things. Old things. 
are passed away, behold, all things become new. Run far away from your past as fast as you can. Just run from it. I just want to encourage you. Isaiah 10.27 It shall come to pass that in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off of my shoulders and his yoke from off of my neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It takes the anointing to destroy that yoke on your life. Matthew 11, 29 and 30 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're yoked to something today. Something has yoked itself to you, and you've got to determine, is it your relationship with Jesus? You're either yoked with Him, and, you're, and it's light and easy, and you're, you're listening, and He's directing you, and He's guiding you, or there's a circumstance or a situation and something, and it happens, it slips in on you. And, and the world system, things, they just yoke, they throw that yoke, the devil will do that to you. He'll throw that yoke around you, and he'll, he'll, he'll drag you. He'll, he'll steer you in a direction that you don't want to go. Sometimes it, it's not purposed. You didn't mean to. It happens. Amen? Every head bowed, if you would, please. Every eye closed. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your compassion. Thank you, Lord, for your hand being upon us. I want everybody in here just to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. I heard tonight. My ears were open. My eyes can see. You've given me revelation. And I thank you. I ask you to forgive me of anything that has been separating me from you. And I ask you, come into my life fresh and new right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now give the Lord a shout. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to thank you for, for having me, Pastor. I, I want to thank you for putting up with me. I pray that I put some fire in you. I pray that somehow, some way, that's my heart's desire is just to come. You know, I, I'm just on my way to heaven. I just stopped by to see if anybody wants to go with me. <laughs> God bless you, Pastor. Thank you. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.